Good morning, Maywood. Excited to have Troop One here with us. I'm Coach Jake. I think we've got some offering uh, slides up there to tell you a little bit about our church. And normally we do a song at this point, but we've got a little bit of a different schedule with the scouts being here. So ushers, if you could help out with the offering plates, we're going to do our offering here in a second. You know, here at Maywood Baptist Church, we call all the pastors coaches because we're trying to do uh, this line right here, becoming the fullness of Jesus together. We believe that Jesus has gifted Alan in a way that he hasn't gifted me, right? And so like, it's only when we're all using our gifts together that we can be working on this, becoming the fullness of Jesus together. So we need Connor, we need Carla, we need everybody using their gifts together. So I'm going to say a prayer over our offering, um, and then we're going to have Kevin, a scout leader, come up and share with us. Jesus, I thank you so much that we get to be together today. Jesus, we put our faith and our hope in you. We want to put our trust in you. And we pray that you be with us today. Thank you for this chance to give back. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Ernie. So I'm going to hand things over to Kevin, our scout leader. Well, thank you, everybody. Um, appreciate the opportunity for uh, the boys to celebrate. For those of you who don't know, the reason why we have Scout Sunday on this on February is... Uh, the Scouts were born on February 8th, 1910, so um, we usually celebrate Scout Sunday, the closest to whatever that day is. So that's why we're here. Um, my name's Kevin Jenkins. I'm the Scoutmaster of the Troop. I've been the Scoutmaster for almost 20 years, getting close to 20 years. Um, I also grew up in this uh, church. I also um, uh, got my Eagle Scout in this very same troop when I was 14, so been here quite a while, but uh, just wanted to give an open invitation to any boy that's older than 11 to check us out on Monday nights at 7 o'clock. Um, we've got a lot of overnights planned uh, where we go out and spend the night out uh, in 2024, including caving, uh, so that ought to be a lot of fun. At this time, though, I'd like to recognize um, those that have earned the highest rank in in BSA, Scouts BSA, and uh, Girl Scouts. So if you are an Eagle Scout or a Gold Award recipient at the Girl Scouts, please stand so you can be recognized. Thanks a lot. Good job. Congratulations. So it's not possible to do a lot of this program without the adult leaders that we have here. Not a single one of them gets paid including me, the, the uh, committee chair said she was gonna double my pay this year, so I'm gonna have four zeros um, behind my pay instead of just two or three, sorry. Um, but without the adult leaders, this just wouldn't really be possible. That's one of the cornerstones of scouting is adult uh, relationships. Um, so if you were a troop leader of a Cub Scout pack, a Girl Scout troop, a Scouts BSA troop, a Boy Scout Cub pack, whatever, if you could be stand and be recognized for a minute. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, these events are great, and they're awesome. It gets the boys out. It gets them camping and doing stuff like that. But that's not really the aim of scouting. The, scout, the aim of scouting is to get boys to learn the values of the scout oath and the scout laws in their everyday lives and put that into practice. You heard the boys recite the scout oath and scout laws. We do that every Monday night. Um, one of the first lines is, on my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God. That's the first line of the scout oath. 
Uh, we also have a scout law called reverence. So, you know, it's twice the, the boys are actually uh, thinking about that. Um, you know, it doesn't say, scouting doesn't say um, how you should um, do your duty to God. They just say, you do it. You need to do it. And every single rank advancement, I go through and ask the boys, every single, so there's seven, every time I ask them, how have you done your duty to God? That happens every time. So at least seven times uh, throughout the course of their career as a scout, they get asked that question. <clears throat> um, we have Sunday school. For those of you who don't know, we actually time it so that we get back here after you guys get out of church so we're not interfering with you guys coming out. But we actually have Sunday school. Not a lot of troops do have a Sunday school service. It might last 15, 20 minutes. That's all we do. But it's written by one of our um, recent Eagle Scouts. Um, he actually writes it. He's in college in Hutchinson, Kansas, but he puts out a Google Doc. I print it off, and that's how we have church service. So, um, again, not a lot of scout troops do that. Um, so, uh, God plays a relatively larger role in scouts than it does a lot of other organizations, um, which is great. Um, so, the scouts offer a, the, the um, opportunity for scouts and leaders to earn the, um, their religious award for their faith. Uh, so they actually have to go through and just so happens that we worked on one this last, um, last fall and, and late summer. We worked on it for a few people. So if I could have Miss Heidi DeWeese, Miss Rachel Jewett, and Mr. Mike Snell come up here and join me, please. Um, while we didn't have any boys earn it this time, we had, um, uh, we had uh, three adults, including myself. I've actually taught the class a couple of times, but I never felt like I earned it until this time. So I'm going to give myself the award this time too. Um, but I'm in the moment, I'm going to ask um, each one of them to give me a little bit of what they learned uh, through our, our, our class that we did. Uh, so the curriculum was based on... Um, uh, the life of Apostle Paul as recorded in Acts 9, 131. This is a you know, brief encounter where Paul encountered Christ and he was changed forever. So there are five chronological events out of the story that we, that we went through in our, our sessions um, that focused on these areas. One of them was God calls all kinds of people. God doesn't expect us to do it on our own. Each of us must make a personal response to call God. God gives strength and for us to face adversities, and God can accomplish great things through those who are willing to do God's will. So one of the coolest things I learned was the, um, just, so I, I, each one of these leaders, I've been around them for probably close to 20 years, as a matter of fact, and it was really cool that even though I've been around these leaders for that amount of time, there was stuff I learned about them and their views that made me think about how I viewed um, God or, or my, um, my duty to God. So I was really appreciative because they came prepared and, and we had great discussions. It was pretty awesome how discussions we have. So I'm going to turn it over to Ms. DeWeese and she's going to tell her little spiel about what she learned. He's making me go first. I think the easiest way for me to explain it is giving an example. Like I could read passages and I understand the message or understood what was being say, said, but our discussions and what we did really added context and a lot of meaning 
to some of those, those passages, and it definitely made it more real for me than, than it has ever been. Mr. Dickens kind of took exactly what I was going to say, so I'm not going to repeat it. But, but I will say that I've actually had the opportunity to earn this award once before as a youth. Um, but what I've discovered about myself through this process was I was really exploring my faith again for the first time. And it, it meant so much more to me going through it as an adult and, again, getting to know these people again that I've known forever and on a whole, whole different level. So, and, and understanding that we don't always have to agree, but again, a scout is reverent and you, you get to hear different points of view and get to respect different points of view and expand your knowledge of what we call our own faith. So my experience to me uh, opened up my mind to a lot of different aspects of Christianity where um, it kind of just made things more clear in some ways and definitely the discussions um, helped me understand a different perspective uh, because my views have always been a little different on uh, Christianity. So um, it was very helpful for me to, to be able to look at it a different way. All right, so um, on that note, you know, uh, Mr. Snell, I, I always give him the credit for coining this. It's, it's not worth doing in Boy Scouts unless you get a patch. <laughs> so on that note, I actually have their awards with their patches on here. Boy, uh, leaders don't get as cool big giant patches as the boys do, but we get all these little kind of knot thingies that go on our shirt. So. Mr. Snell, there's yours, and I'm... Ms. Jewett, here's yours. And Ms. Luis, here's yours. And um, on the back, um, they actually had to write a, um, a statement of their experience. I guess, I'm gonna call it statement of experience or faith or whatever. And that's what they wrote. They sent it to me. It was one of their requirements they had to do. So it's on the back of their certificate. So now they can, they read what they, they uh, gave this whole time. So thanks a lot. I enjoyed it very immensely and, and I actually grew myself. So thanks a lot. Congratulations once again. Mm -hmm. All right, Jake, I'm gonna hand this back off to you. I'm, I'm done, uh, but again, uh, check out. Um, for those of you who don't know, we've got two stations here. Um, we've got, it's called Tougher Than a Boy Scout. <clears throat> so are you tougher than a Boy Scout to come tie a square knot or whatever? And if you try a, an event, you get a cookie. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. If, what Kevin was talking about right at the end there, it's going to be in the coffee area right after church. So we, every year we get to do Scout Sunday, but Coach Rachel and Kevin got together and thought, how can we get folks to mix and mingle more and get to know each other better? So excited for that. So if you want to test your toughness uh, with the scouts or just get to know them right across the hall after church would be great. And Daniel's going to be leading us in worship here in just a second. And I know the prayer team folks uh, that Chuck has talked to are going to be up front ready to pray with you. And if you're new to Maywood today, like what's happening in this moment, we call it worship. Worship's really about when we put our eyes on Jesus 
And sometimes when we do that, we just think, Jesus, you're so incredible. And we want to do things like sing to him. Other times you look at Jesus and you think, man, I'm, I'm no good. If you have that sort of feeling, then it's okay to pray to Jesus. Say, Jesus, please forgive me. Or Jesus, I need your help. Sometimes we can't even look up because life is challenging or something's going on. And all we know is that we need some help. And it's okay to just come to Jesus and say, here's what I need, right? We can act like kids with our Heavenly Father. We don't have to fix things first. We can come, right? So for any of those reasons, you can come up front and pray with somebody if you want, or you can stand or kneel or whatever you want to do, but it's about bringing your whole self to Jesus right now. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, we trust you, and we want to worship you. Amen. So it's not going to get any greater than that prayer that in that worship time of Daniel and the worship team led us into you. This idea of Jesus, I accept what you did for me and I want more of you. And there's a, a moment where we choose that and our whole life changes, but it doesn't mean you don't take it deeper and deeper inside of you over and over, right? But there's two, there's something we're gonna be talking about today, something I gotta declare to you because some people heard that and they, they didn't really pray it with their whole heart because they honestly have got doubts about Jesus. And we're going to be talking about that. But we actually got to step up to a conversation about honest doubts because I'm not going to point people out. I probably don't even know the right people to point out. But I can tell you, as the leader of Maywood, like, there's somebody or some people in the room today who aren't ready to even face honest doubts about Jesus because you're living some sort of lie. You're fake in some sort of way. You've put on a mask. The conversations you're having with yourself aren't true. Or the things that are going on inside are not coming out on the outside and you're living a lie. And if you're in that spot, you're not ready yet to talk about honest doubts because you're not being honest. And lies have this way of covering us up. And they keep us in the dark. And if you want to hold on to your lies today, I can tell you Jesus is not going to rip them off of you. Like he's going to wait for you to ask for help. So you don't have to make yourself into an honest man or an honest woman or an honest girl or boy. But you do have to, right now in this moment, say, I don't want to lie anymore. I want to be true. And whether you believe in Jesus yet or not, if you make that decision, then we're ready for the rest of the sermon. But if you want to be fake, like there's nothing I'm going to be able to do for you, right? So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you don't even believe in God yet, you can still mean this prayer, okay? I want to be honest, and I'm open to help to be honest. May it be so. Super simple prayer, right? That's not even a prayer about believing in God. It's just an intention almost. I don't know if we should call it a prayer. But if you're not even at that spot where you want to be true, you're not ready to, to hear what we got today. But if, you've, if you were at that spot, if you're like, I want to be true, I don't want to live a lie, then we're ready to talk about some honest doubts, right? We've been going through the book of John. And the awesome thing about John is even the people closest to Jesus, they don't always get it. And even the people closest to Jesus have their doubts about Jesus, Right? And so we'll go to this first image here. Jesus, the way, the truth, the life that comes from John 14, 6. 
incredible statement that Jesus makes about himself. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Lots of people know this verse. Uh, The context of this verse is Jesus is talking with his closest friends and followers, and one of them, this guy named Thomas, says, when he hears about the peace Jesus wants to give him, when he hears Jesus saying, like, I'm going to take you to have this amazing relationship with God, my Father. Thomas is like, I don't even know. I don't know how to go where you're going, Jesus. I don't understand what you're talking about. How many of you guys have heard something that Jesus said or something at church, and you're like, I, I honestly, I don't even understand it, right? Like a lot of us. A lot of us, we don't understand it, but we're not as bold or as honest as Thomas. We don't say, wait, like, I don't know what you're talking about. But Thomas says, Jesus, I don't know how to get to where you're going because I don't even know where you're going. And that's when Jesus gives this statement to Thomas. You see, it's not about like typing in the address to where you're going. It's not like Google Maps where you get to kind of be in control and set the destination. It's like the pre-cell phone days, right? Where you had to know somebody and say, I'll follow you there, right? And you just had to watch them and do what they did, right? If they braked, you braked. If they drove in the fast lane, no matter how fast they were going, like you had to follow them, right? If they were slow, you had to follow them, right? That was how it worked. Because you didn't know where you're going, but you knew who you're going behind, right? You knew who you're following. So you just had to watch them and do what they did. Jesus led his disciples that way, and this is his answer. This is who Jesus is. Jesus says, I'm the way. That means Jesus isn't just like somebody you vote for, where it's like, oh, I support them because once every so many years I go in and check a box. Like, that's not the sort of allegiance Jesus is looking for. When he says, I'm the way, He's saying, like, step by step, I want you to stick with me. Do the things I do. I was in a Sunday school class today where they're talking about Jesus went out alone and prayed all by himself, even on a real busy day. If it's good enough for Jesus to do, like, we should just copy it, even if we don't understand it, even if it's uncomfortable. That's what the way means. It means you see what Jesus does, and you try to do it his way. The truth, I mean, we're talking about truth a little bit already, but we've all driven by houses that have a front and it's material brick or something on the front. And then if you look on the side of the house, it's a different material on the other sides, right? Do I need a different mic or am I good, Nick? Am I good? Okay. So we've all had stuff that's like sort of true, like those houses, right? It's like sort of good from one angle. Jesus is saying like he's, he's the truth, like in a way that's not like anyone else. Like, are we good? Good. So Jesus is the truth. When you lean on Jesus over time and things get hard, over time you're going to wind up realizing like that was more true than I knew at first. There's some people out there or some things that when stuff gets hard at the end of the hard stuff, you think like that wasn't as good as I thought it was. If you stick with Jesus over time, you'll find out how true he is. Like it's more true than anything else, right? 